What's up, everybody? It's your host, Matt Hosen. I've got the best guy in the world to keep me in the RC game, Yeti B, here with me. It's a new episode of the MBM Podcast. Tried something a little different with the opening there. Uh, I kind of winged it with uh, one right before that and restarted it. I might even let you guys hear that at the end of this episode. <laughs> um, but speaking of the end of the episodes, I-, I wonder how many people actually listen to the songs that I put at the end. Because usually I'm trying to like make an underhanded statement by the music that I play. So I don't know if anybody's ever caught on to that. Um, sometimes I try to put a song in there that kind of reflects what's going on in the NPRC world. Uh, a little while ago, it was Welcome to the Circus. Um, <laughs> it was pretty self-explanatory. It was more directed at what was going on in Ontario, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know what I mean? So, hey, if anybody's actually paid attention and thought there was something to it, there definitely is. So you're going to want to check out the song at the end of this episode because it's definitely a good one. For what's been going on and we're going to get into that because of course what the heck would we be doing having a podcast if we don't touch on what's going on on social media and all the baloney that that i call it i i wow man like i said we're going to get to it i don't want to go down that road quite yet uh because there's way more important things to to cover which of course was yeti went racing um unlike yeah. me who <laughs> doesn't seem to want to go anywhere um yeah he's he's went out to the second annual 419 fall classic and of course, we know that's in Mommy, Ohio, and that place is famous for grip. And our good friend Charles Levesque went there for the f- race earlier this year. Um, and now, yeah, you know, you went for the fall one, and we're going to kind of go through that. So, this is the portion of the show where it's pretty much all on your shoulders. I watched from home through NPRC TV. Uh, I've seen your runs, I've seen the flashlight race. Um, so, let's maybe start off with you left at like what, one o'clock in the morning to go down that way? In which direction did you go? Did you come towards me and then go down, or did you go down to Windsor? I went down to Windsor. So, okay. yeah, I got up I got up at uh, quarter to one. I had everything ready to go, all in my front yard. So, I packed it all up right away and uh, took off by one, thank God. And it took just about eight hours and a half, give or take. Went down through Windsor. The border was easy going through. Windsor border was super simple. So you went down solo? Yeah, I went down by myself. Oh, wow. Long drive. Yeah, it was a long drive. I bet. Yeah, I was following um, Chuck, or, sorry, Chuck, sorry, Chad and uh, Ken going down the same Oh, time. okay, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. They were about 45 minutes an hour ahead of me. Holy construction. Yeah? Jesus, oh, man. They're widening every highway, which is going to be awesome. But right now, it's horribly inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. Everything that was three lanes is going to be four is one. It's like, it was dumb. Ew. But down there, and it was super simple to find. Lots of parking. Easy to load in and out of. I was super worried to go down there by myself because I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Yeah, that kind of, it yeah. makes sense, though. Oh, yeah. But no, it was easy to find, easy to get into. You could tell where you had to park. Lots of parking. I was super impressed with the setup. Really impressed with the track. The people there were just outstanding. I cannot say enough good things about the setup. And everybody there was helpful. And they, I would, I uh, got there, got set up. 
started going through all my stuff and I didn't have my gears. I run 32 pitch. So of course, not one person that had 32 pitch. They went through everybody and we called hobby shops. Oh no. Luckily, luckily it had fallen out and descended from the floor of my van. Whew. So I ended up having it, but they were calling everybody. They were talking to each other, going across the other hobby shops, calling people out of town that were coming. It was incredible how far they were going to go to help me make sure I had the gears to race with. I only had one set, and with the grip there, you have to go up and down to try to figure out where you got to be. And uh, again, that like I said, that place is known for the grip and how sticky it is and how good the track is. And it definitely, definitely did not start up that day in the very beginning. They'd washed it the day before on the Thursday, I think they washed it. Right. Because the week earlier, they actually had a taco truck war there, and there was oil all Everywhere. over. Everywhere? Oh, wow. Yeah. Great big stains and everything. But the pressure washed it, soaked it. You couldn't tell. You could not tell. Like, an hour into practice, there was a stick in the front, and it was almost halfway down the track. It was still good. Uh, the one thing I did notice was the stickiness there was only for about 10 feet. Then after that, it was almost nothing. It was the weirdest thing. Really? So the track, everybody kept saying, oh, the track is so tricky, the track is so tricky. It was friggin' tricky because you had to get off the line powerful. But still have enough stick down. after you got out of yeah. the really sticky to, to keep it planted. That's right. But yeah. then you have to slow down because you have to figure out how to stay going straight in that section and then speed up for the ass end. It was, it was messed up. <laughs> a lot of guys had a lot of problems, a lot of wrecks. Holy crap. Was it? Remember in um, Oklahoma? Yes. How bad it was for Rex? Yes. This one was worse. Oh boy! In practice, just guys hitting everything and. I seen. Up. I seen when I was watching the one day. It there were dirt, dirt, dirt. Oh boy! It looked it's, like some broken equipment. <laughs> well, it's a narrow track. It's like the whole thing is super narrow. Right. You have to know when to let go of the button, or truly believe that you can drive out of it, which ninety nine percent of people can't. <laughs> just know how to get out of it or know that your car's going to go down. Luckily, with uh, with my setup, I was able to start with a low tune, especially on the Friday of not being super sticky, and build myself up. Uh, I did have some help. I did have Ian on the phone, I'm not going to lie. I was uh, a little worried about turning too much up or going too far because I'm still kind of new with this four-pole stuff. Right. You know, I had the waste in Wisconsin. It's a completely different setup for me this time. And we talked through a bunch of stuff, and he... Did the same thing that Ian always does. Gave me the moon tune. Said set it up. Just keep the turbo out of the top end, and we'll try her. Get building up, and I actually ended up by the end of the week going pretty dang fast with it. So Friday we had a few hours, of, well, quite a few hours of practice, and uh, we started. I got there at nine. Practice started at noon. I was helping CJC set up. Yep. Everything set up, and we started practicing right away. There was no. No screwing around, like in the case of tracks, no time on the track, just go. Same thing as Wisconsin was. Yeah, just set your car down, get your pass in. If you're going to run a yeah. GNSS, use it, but make it timely. Yeah. Don't uh, don't dawdle. You know, that's the one thing that I find that's really weird, and I'm going to bring this up because, you know, I was on a live stream a couple, I think last week or the week before that with uh, AJ Marasco. You remember him and his dad, Archie? Yeah. Uh, one of AJ and his buddy were uh, kind of Facebook living, so I hopped on and I was just kind of chatting with him through the chat, and um, you know, AJ goes uh, see if Matt wants to come on. So I, I had a little bit of a rant that probably a lot of people didn't hear about with this whole staging thing, and this is what the, this is my beef with it. You don't see the dickery when it's practice. They go up there, they get the car set down, they pull the trigger and go. I don't 
I don't get why all of a sudden it becomes you get what I mean like a practice hit's yeah. a practice hit you're taking it just as serious as a real hit because if you don't you're oh, gonna yeah. wad your shit up oh yeah big time right it, it, but it, it's a miraculous miracle that they can get up there put the car down within 35-40 seconds be pulling the trigger but then when it's race time it's like doddle and doddle and doddle yeah, and, and I'm sorry that. for anybody that thinks I'm calling you out. Then obviously you're you're guilty of doing it because you think I'm calling you out. I'm not directing this at anybody in general. You know, I've responded to people asking, you know, what do you do if you have a guy beside you that seems to take forever? I set my car down like I usually do, and then I kind of stand back and I look at it and I wait for them to figure out what they're doing, and then I intentionally go back and reset my car because you're not going to stick me down. I'm not I'm not going to let you do that. And now you can either dawdle and do it again, but everybody's going to notice you're the one causing the problem. I'm only trying to give my fair crack at the race. Yeah. I just want to set my stuff down and pull the trigger. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's exactly it. And I will say it was not a lot happening, but it did happen once and it was pretty pretty blatant and it was with uh, one of Chad races and he's the gentleman beside him like I I really don't want to call him out. I cannot remember who his name was, to be completely honest with you. And Chad's like, I got here early to be here all day, bud. So, <laughs> you know, Chad, he's he got no F for anything. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got Mr. No Filter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But so outside of that, the race, the, the actual practice went super well, super fast. I was really impressed with how quick guys were able to, well, guys and girls, I shouldn't just say guys, guys and girls were able to get up, go through, go down, get your cars, come back. Like, it was it wasn't like um, some of the other ones we were at where messing around and this and check your tires and it was go up, heat your tires, go. Yeah. And go up and go. And then we had to walk down for practice. We had to walk down, get our own cars. And everybody was respectful off to the side. We park and the other guys would just keep running, right? My car, I know it was a new setup, so I had the steering set really low, so I couldn't turn around in that, that area. So I had to walk down every friggin' time. But for racing, they had someone else picking them up, but practice was going through like that. So halfway through practice, I got a hold of Ian, like I was saying, and we tried a bunch of stuff. I started going faster and faster. I was sub twos, which I know isn't as fast as that track can see, but for, for my new setup, literally first time running it, it was I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. Um, so after all the practice going throughout the day, got set up for the, the nighttime flashlight race. Which was awesome. It was ten bucks to enter, and pretty much everybody that was there used it for more practice and playing around. So got them all straightened out and set up, and they, again, just as smooth as practice went. This race went flashlight start, camera at the end. It it looked like they ran a pretty like oh, tight chip. It was fast and tight. Yeah, super quick. I was really impressed. I was out pretty quick too. I uh, I pulled R.J. Dittmeyer, who I don't know if you know what runs for Lucas Hobbies or Luke's Hobbies. Uh, probably know him to see him, to be honest. Yeah. Awesome guy. Super smart. Really fast. So I knew when I went up to get him, I was going to have to give her. I probably pulled one of the fastest runs I've ever done in my car. And he got me just piloted at the end. So I was really proud of that. But yeah. this car is, is no joke. So Oh, no, definitely not. There, there, There's definitely a lot of hats off to all those guys. And I oh, think that, that there's a lot of guys that kind of go under the radar because they're like in the, you know, the 1.6s. The one sevens, the one eights, and they're still plenty fast. And you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's there's man. fast guys everywhere, and that's you know. So people find themselves out really quickly, and it's like, yeah, okay. There's going to be some big heavy hitters that are going to go one fours, one fives, and yeah. really low one sixes. But you know, they're not going to go that every time, guys. No, no, no. 
sure. The same struggles that you have, they occasionally have, even when they have their stuff figured out. We've seen yeah. we've seen the class wrecker have a couple of good tumbles and, and crashes. Um, yeah. and, you know what I mean? So he definitely gathers data every time he goes out, and, and that shows in his race program. But Frank does this on every level of racing, folks. Everything Frank and his family do, they do at this kind of level. Don't be discouraged. You can you can do it if you put the time in. That's the reality. And shoot, pretty soon you're going to be able to just send Frank a message and pay him a wad of cash, and he's going to send you a card. I'll do it. But here's the deal. Yeah. Remember this. You still have to drive it and maintain that setup and figure out how to drive it. Even though these cars go straight, there's still a component of driving to them. Although I will say this. In those last couple of races that I had, it was kind of really cool to never have to touch the steering wheel to the end of the race. <laughs> like it's It's the wildest thing when you're like, I'm not even going to hold the steering wheel right now. I'm not going to mess with it. I'm going to screw it up if I touch it. <laughs> well, here, speaking of that, that's what my car was like there. I ended up, after talking to me and getting the power into it, you know, when you add power to your car, you got to straighten it out some. I don't think you've seen this yet. This is the new chassis. Oh, that's the the new one you're working on right on. Yeah, so. Real fancy. It's, uh, yeah, it's the same. I'll wait till you guys have it figured out, and then I want it in red carbon fiber. That's just. Yeah, couple of stupid there's there's some stuff we got to do to change into it but holy man you got to go that fast down there i was really happy really happy with it yeah man that's awesome well and that's the that's the thing a lot of people don't realize the reason why you're testing so much is you're now you're like you're you're testing prototype chassis and parts for a car for a manufacturer of a chassis and uh you know T todd saltero does the exact same thing Eventually, it's got to get to the point, though, where you need to have your car that you race and that you don't funk with and then a car that you go and test and develop because that's wow. also that's that's difficult, right? Because, you know, you're oh, yeah. you're relatively new into the hobby and into the scene. And I want a lot of people to listen very, very closely to what I'm about to say. Yeti is very new to this, although he has major catastrophic failures small failures he has not let it discourage him he understands the cost of the hobby and what it takes to perform and participate at this level now yeti every race that you go to is it like the one you just went to or the one in wisconsin or the one in oklahoma no oh no weird did you hear that folks no that means more than likely if you go to a local race that's maybe an hour or two from your house it's gonna be nothing like these big events that you're seeing all over facebook you're getting yourself all wore out on on the this this big racing that you're probably never going to go to. And I don't mean that rudely. If you plan to go to them, then come up and shake my hand when you see me on one of them. And tell me shut the fuck up, because I will. But I, I'm getting frustrated with all these Facebook warriors that don't do it at that level, thinking that you know more has to be changed. Until you get there, till you see what it's like, you can't you can't have that kind of negativity towards it. And I get it. There's probably a lot of room for improvement. But at the same oh, yeah, time, probably. how many rules do you guys want? That, that's yeah. that's an honest question. I'm asking as a committee member for the NPRC. How many rules do you guys want? You know, we, we, we try to make sure there's as limited as possible. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. yeah, they're vague. But, you know, we've refined the ones that are way too vague. I feel like anyway. But oh, definitely. I feel like that's another conversation to get into. But I don't know what you guys... We're, we're trying. We do listen. We're always paying attention to what's going on in all of the different forums and all the different places and even all the negativity, um, you know. But, hey, positivity? Dragzine.com did a whole uh, little spiel on no prep RC drag racing. So shout out to them. You guys should check it out. It's a good little read. Really cool yeah, yeah. 
But back, back to the fall classic. Sorry, folks. I do have these moments of going on little <laughs> tangents, and it's going to happen occasionally. But, uh, yeah, back, back to the fall classic. Back to, to, to the racing. Okay, so, like you were saying, I pulled RJ. So, watching the – yeah, I catch where I was, too. Uh, after watching you know, all these guys go throughout the day and getting into the night, uh, night light racing there, it was so cool to see just, like – it was almost like the Street Outlaws again. Oh, dude, that was cool to watch you race in the flashlight race, man. Oh, it was so cool. So yeah. I grabbed the chips out, get them straightened out. I, like I said, I pulled RJ, ran RJ. But even even with that, like, it was so close, and the racing looked so gnarly just to watch it go. Guys that were car lengths apart were, like, screaming for each other just for the sheer fact that in the nighttime, you can't tell how close they are, even with the lights on them. So you don't know until it crosses the line who wins. And that's a guy that calls back on the phone and they're on the in the walkie-talkie and tells him. So unless you blatantly wipe out or something, it's it's nothing. It's so neat to see. And then uh, that went through the whole night. I can't even remember who won. I was so at that point, I was almost up for. Yeah, I don't I don't remember who won either. To be honest with you. Yeah, um, I should have looked it up to be not to be a jerk. I kind of feel a little but bit was, bad, but. Yeah, well we'll look it up. We'll, we'll post it on on the fifth. But at that point, it was almost 10 o'clock, so I was almost up for 24 hours. And uh, I got a hotel that was fairly close. Um, got there. I literally put my stuff inside and went to bed. I couldn't. <laughs> I had all these big plans. You know me. I normally. Oh, yeah. You wanted car. to probably rebuild the whole car. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to bed and, again, crashed right out. Super nice. There's nice, like, it wasn't a hotel was a flat one like a motel almost oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Super nice design. anyways crashed out got up at four in the morning then i did my car did all the bearings got all straightened out headed back over there for six get my shirt i was all set up straightened out had my food and uh kevin neve's dad yeah papa neve was there and he's making breakfast and he made me the most amazing breakfast sandwich i've ever had Oh really? I know. I know. Me some breakfast sandwiches. That <laughs> one was mind blowing. I don't know if you ever seen it. The new thing for me in Canada, squeezable butter, in like a ketchup bottle. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. I'm like what is this? But but that's also because I live on a border town, so I see a lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was impressed. Oh, this is so cool. He's making it all. That was amazing. But yeah, no, it was super nice. Got there, had some breakfast, and uh, the track opened at eight. And I mean, it was ready to go at eight. When I got there at six, the lights were already up. They were checking everything. They were testing all the stuff. I was there early, like I always am with my car. So Eric asked me if uh, I could help him test the lights with a couple guys. We did some runs down the track. Eight o'clock. Yeah, that's kind of nice. A couple of free test hits. Oh, yeah. Well, we had to go slow because it was still kind of dewy. It was. <laughs> it was only six, seven o'clock in the morning at that point. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So. So I, you know I have my burnout button, my 35%. Yeah. Oh, so you just held that? Out. Yeah. Nice. So I went against uh, Chad Shalock, I think his name was. I beat him to the end, turned the lights on on my side, going a whole 13 kilometers or 13 mile an hour. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I tested the lights and everything. Like I said, practice right away. Practice was supposed to be ready to go at, uh, I think we started at 10. Everybody was off the track. <clears throat> it was they, they ran such a tight ship such a tight ship i was super impressed very different than some of the best races we were at like i said we had uh all the cars line up take the picture and we had a moment of silence for mike uh from what i understand the racers there every time they have a race they have a moment for mike 
uh, it was a big part of the community for them and it was really kind of kind of cool to see some of the guys that were at the race already passed away to be there and you know everybody be a part of it again it was kind of nice to be honest yeah yeah for sure after that we started the racing and holy man at that point after the practice before and that practicing the road was the uh first couple races out some guys were having a hard time getting through it just turning their stuff up um i know there's a lot of complaints a lot of complaints about oh front's too sticky too sticky every race is going to be like this every big race is going to be sticky at this level like we're talking about you have to know how to get through it have to have to have to learn it practice it prep two three four feet over the track you practice at home that's what i started doing here at the front of my house i have a spot that i five prep down now to make sure it's super sticky have to do it if not you can't just practice on a normal road you're not going to get anywhere yeah no the the testing if you're going to go out and you're testing to go and race with your local friends and stuff like that you definitely don't need to be doing that but if you're going to oh. a big event you, you might as well you might as well spray it. And what I would suggest to do is don't make it a wide spray pattern either. Make oh, it no. make it maybe like three feet wide at most because that's really how wide the groove is going to be. Um, you can mess around making it wider on the big end because, you know, cars do kind of move all over the place out on the big end. And, you know, I know in Wisconsin by the end of it, it was sticky across the entire track. Oh, yeah. But yeah, for yeah. your first little bit, I would suggest putting like a three to four foot wide lane for you to try and stay in because... As soon as you figure out how to keep your car in that three to four feet, you know you'll go down anywhere A to B, and and yep. you'll be in the groove every time. Yeah. And uh, I did notice one thing here that was different than Wisconsin. Guys were putting off to the side and making that groove pretty wide. Yeah. There was dark lines from the very beginning from the races before. Right. That's just in, that's just in the road now. <laughs> there's no change in that. Oh, wow. Whatever is moving around, so there's a pretty wide patch. And uh, my first race of the day actually got me on that because earlier on i was in the left lane practicing and i was kept moving just to say about an inch over from the prep and i did it all day and it worked out really well for me this race not so much i was <laughs> in the right lane and that lane was a lot stickier than the left i found and i was just to say over like i said about an inch and when i took off both of us did the exact same thing we we're both out of the groove Went about two foot up. He flipped over on his lid. I went on my lid and slid across his lane. So I lost that race. But uh, after that, I learned how to straighten it out, get in the proper groove. Uh, I helped Chad and Ken up with their line. They uh, they were struggling a little bit there this weekend. I know Ken was uh, you know pretty upset with a lot of his runs, but holy man. Yeah, he didn't look very happy at all was, by his foot post. I get it. I get it. You know what I, I mean? Because especially when you're when you're a Ken. When you're a Ken, the the people looking at you and the expectation on you is like another level. You know what it I'm is, saying? It, like it's 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 not because Ken is to, to based on the true facts of the races I've been at and seen him at the you know the, the the Facebook posts. He's pretty much one of the fastest known guys in Canada. Yeah. Far far as I'm concerned, and if I, if uh, there's anybody else that's yeah. fat, a lot faster than Ken, and I'm missing you, yo, where are you on Facebook, bro? <laughs> yeah, I'm just no, saying. As far as I know, Ken has the fastest times, and it's not just one; it was backed up. So he was really, really upset with his runs. But I know he listens to it. I gotta tell him, man, that track was hard. Everybody told us the track was hard. He just did not have the setup for that track that day. And that unfortunately happens to a lot of guys. It does. Yeah. And he went. He was actually over in Quebec. He went to the Quebec race. Yeah, I seen that. Yep, yep. 
So I mean, to go from that, that track was the opposite of this one where there's no stick to it. it right. Greasy, yeah. I mean. To have to come over, set your car up for this. I mean, that in itself is a mind screw to begin with, too. So, I know he's upset with himself, but he held himself really well. He helped a lot of guys out. He helped me out with my setup because I was having a hard time with uh, some of the track as well. Again, it was a tricky track, very tricky track. So I know he was upset with himself, but only man, he held himself high. He didn't let him get it down. And I will say that some of the we touched on earlier, some of the problems we had here in Canada. Uh, over the winter and stuff like that uh some of the people and all that stuff i think after this weekend is pretty much gone we had a couple guys come up and talk to us and talk amongst themselves and uh chris pace i will say came and spoke to us and he was one of the ones that you know i i bickered with him too online uh, him and Ken got into some squabbles back and forth. Yeah, I hope he didn't think I was being like, you know, like douchey towards him. Just because one of his posts, right, was like he was saying how humbling it is going to a big, big race. And that's when I told him, said, welcome to welcome to it, man. Like, this is this is what I'm yeah. this is what we're trying to say. This, this ain't the same thing we're even used to in the big races in Canada, man. Oh, no. But he came over, reached out his hand to all of us that were there and said, you know what? I made a mistake. I screwed some stuff up. I apologize. It will not happen again. I learned my lesson, and I will give him much respect for doing that. It takes some big nuts to come over to a whole table of guys that you've been messing around with and having disagreements for almost a year. Yeah, now. yeah, and actually have the 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 gumption to be like, "Yo, um, yeah. can we yeah, just you know, <laughs> can we just forget about that and start all over again? You be cool, I be cool." We're a bunch yeah. of drag racing dudes that just kind of want to do the same deal. Yeah, that kind of thing. I, yeah, I, it wasn't it wasn't all kumbaya and like high fives and nothing like that. But I mean, cause but the was, waters are calm. But the waters are calm. That that's it what we want. Nice. Yeah, buddy. And when he went up, everybody watched him. When we went up, we were all together. It was kind of fun to have all a bunch of Canadians were there, and all of us cheering each other on and watching them and grabbing each other's cars. So I mean. I think a lot of problems that were there earlier on this year and this this year is all gone. I think a lot of it's going to be water on the bridge, as I said. Again, like I said, it's not super kumbaya, but I mean, it's it's way better than what it was. Way better than I could ever hope for. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure, how it was going to go. So that was my first race. Like I said, I messed up on that one and uh, got out of the groove and flipped over. Uh, I got out to the day. Ken and Chad were having some problems to set up again. Brand new car for all of us. It was a little trickier for all of us. Uh, I will say, but I give the the CJC team credit because that's you know what I mean. Like that's some big balls to take a you know untested chassis and show up at a track that's known for the most ridiculous grip, weirdest thing. You know what I mean? And 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 commit to that because that's usually it'll be like, okay, yo Yeti, you're gonna be testing out the new chassis. The rest of us, we're gonna stick with the proven shit for now, okay? No qualms. We know you're like the tester McTester and you're going to find all the breaks. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say, I will say this chassis was built specifically for the sticky tracks. That's the whole idea of this one. That's why it's wider. It's a lot different. And with every wreck that those other two guys had, not one chassis was broken. Oh, that's they awesome. Had a couple knocks in the front, a couple carbon fiber. I glued my chassis. Those guys didn't have to glue the chassis glued couple knocks where it separated the, the carbon fiber in the front because that's what carbon fiber does we don't glue it yep 100 percent. squish it down super glued done yep. 
kept racing all day. Those chassis are still in 100% position. And I mean, it's super time consuming, but it's one of one of the most rewarding things you can do by tri- like, you know, I usually take a Dremel on a slow speed with like a drum sander and I just go around all the edges and you know what I mean? Yeah. Get them all kind of so they're more accepting. And then I'm a nerd. <laughs> I actually use um, clear nail polish that has like uh, like sparkly flake crap in it because it does the oh, same yeah. thing as the crazy glue once it dries and cures, but it yeah. leaves like a flaky kind of cool pattern around the carbon <laughs> fiber because I can't lay down CA glue neat enough for it to not look oh, like no. a, a, a shit storm. So That's you give me a little nice. brush and a little bit of working time. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate that. I can respect that. Yeah. That's what I do with it. You know, it works. Uh, but, you know, the just the regular clean it up, put some CA glue on it all the way around. Yeah. That's a that's an off-road thing I started doing back when we were running 4x4 buggy for the first little bit. You know, my two-wheel drive buggy had a plastic tower on it, so I never had that problem. But the 4x4, you know, the front towers were like $22, $23 USP. So you didn't want to destroy them for nothing. So you did everything you could. Like, man, I was, I was sanding out the little inside ports and gluing them. And my one buddy went, Bro, you don't need to do the inside. I'm like, hey man, everything. Somebody said glue the I glued exposed friggin' edges. <laughs> no, I was I'm super I'm super super happy with the chassis. That's good. Uh, I like Ken it. Did, Ken did run the one six eight on GNSS on this chassis. That's Not a mine. that's booking. That's booking. That's, that's clicking. That's for sure. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's a proven chassis. It was proven the sticky stuff. Those guys just had a hard time tuning to that road. Mm-hmm. I'm running the DRK. Those guys are running the R1. So with me having the DRK, I'm able to, you know, leave a lot out of it in the beginning and punch through it a bit more. So if they're radio tunes, those guys are fast. They're fast for a reason with that R1. The DRK let me fine tune it a bit more to get down that road there. I don't, I don't think they're we're going to be far off with the DRKs come next season. It's it's a no. shame the four pole stuff has come in this late in the game uh, this season for for us. And um, but. I have a feeling come next year, we're gonna have a few more things figured out, and we'll easily be seeing DRKs doing one sixes. I think so. I yeah. think it won't be a problem. I actually know I know some guys that are testing some stuff that are doing that right now with no yeah. problem at all. So I know it's coming. Um, bing, bing. I went, uh, yeah, I went eighty miles an hour this weekend, and I could have put more into it. I'm just a full of chicken shit, so I didn't. But uh, I eighty mile an hour for me on that road for the DRK. I couldn't have been more happy with myself. Ian helped me out lots of my tune. I can't say thank you enough to him there. So um, the race I ran the 80, the 80 mile an hour on was my second race actually against a GFRP guy, and I was close to him. Holy man, I was, thought I was. Uh, I I didn't know. I knew I wasn't gonna beat him, but I was not far behind him on it. Uh, he was super sportsmanship, just amazing. But the problem with that one was when it left. It disappeared on me. You know how I get tunnel vision, right? Yeah. <laughs> it disappeared on me, and I'm like, that car is moving. That's probably a fast pass. It was a 190 at 80 mile an hour. Um, after talking with the, the guys there and watching the camera and talking to Ian, we figured out my suspension in the rear is too soft, and I was riding on basically six wheels, so my wheelie bar was slowing me down. It would have been a lot faster. Um... After the 80 miles an hour came in with the higher ET, so... I think I got that figured out now, but for there that day, I got my mile an hour, but didn't have the ET. Um, but man, when I, when I let that thing go and it took off, I stopped and looked at the, the timing system people to get my times. I knew it was going to be good. 
and I did not touch my brakes on my car at all. Uh oh. <laughs> Oops. 132, then the 200 extra feet at the end, and it stopped against the big fence at the bottom. He's like, you should. The guy at the end was picking them up. Said you should probably check your car. I'm like, I didn't touch the brakes. He's like, nope. <laughs> I hit the car full speed. I'm like, nah. All right. All right. Ouch. So for me, how bad was, was it? No, no, nothing, nothing. My body's even good. Wow. So that's a yeah. relief. Yeah. So I know that feeling, though. I've had some pretty bad wrecks and off-road racing where I've been like, that's definitely broken. And then the marshal puts it down and you be like, what are you doing? It's broken. And then you start driving and be like, oh, shit, it's not broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the first time, the first race I went to coming home and there's not a scratch in my body. Nothing. It's mint. The whole thing. Man, it almost feels like I need to play like we are the champions right now for you. Like, <laughs> again, we go. You were talking about you know these people worrying about going and uh, not running one fives. You have to have your own personal victories that you want to have when you get there. For me, it was staying on the track and getting this chassis as fast as I possibly could with the DRK that day, and my personal best of the eighty with ease with what I had and not being afraid to hurt it or not being worried about uh, the motor or not being worried about nothing just be able to pull the trigger and know it's going to go from A to B as fast as I can get it down there and that was that was my personal goal and I got it so I felt like I was a win for me that day I'll be honest with you well but that, I think that's the bigger thing is is people got to stop thinking like get, don't get me wrong you know uh, well I'm going to I'm gonna be a thousand percent honest with everybody right now I don't do not sign up to these races with a thought in my head I'm going to win it Nope. Not even one. Um, God, I could have a great day and somehow manage to win it with the call, cards fall the right way. But again, that, that could be anybody's friggin' luck that day, to be quite honest with you. You just you need the right things to happen at every race. You could pull Frank Albrecht in the first round, first race, and if he sends it in a little too hot or you know it hooks left or right on him, you, you know what I mean, and you went A to B, you're winning that race. And That's right. That, that's against anybody. That's against a Mark Vine. That's against a Frank Greer. That's against, you know, a, a Bisquick. Uh, anybody. You know, and every time I sign up for these races, I'm thinking of more of the experience that I'm going to have hanging out with my friends, meeting new people, talking about the hobby we all love. Um, and the racing is just an added bonus of, because I love to do it. Um, yep. I, you know, I I don't I don't know how many people that do drag racing on a one-to-one scale do it with the intentions of winning every time they go out, they're doing it because they have a love for motorsports. They like to drag race and you know what I mean? It's a, about improving their program. Um, I think everybody needs to kind of take a, take that, that hint. Um, the other thing you got to remember is, is like in, in the eight scale, 10 scale, um, world of RC, you would have to go to a bunch of different qualifiers and win one of them in order to get an invitation to go to somewhere like the world's. Whereas in the NPRC realm and in all this no prep drag racing that we're doing, you can be an absolute nobody and pay the fee and show up and race against the best people in, in the country. You can do that, of course, at NRC races with off-road, indoor, outdoor, um, but you're not going to be on the same level. <clears throat> They're going to walk all over you. They could literally take somebody else's car and probably walk all over you. Um, and I think that's very similar to the drag racing we're doing. Frank Ulbricht could show up at a race on a Friday and basically have an unproven, untested car, and by Saturday the time it's time to go, he's going to have that car going fast, period. And, and that's the same as the pro-level guys in off-road and 10-scale, 8-scale, and on-road in 10-scale and off-8-scale. Um, 
everybody's talking about equalizer, equalizer, equalizer. We need to do something to make it more equal. And I just don't think people understand is this is like off-road has a million and one rules to make it equal. And I'm sorry, Ryan Mayfield is still going to kick my ass in a 17.5 buggy if I'm driving a mod buggy. He's going to beat me senseless. Oh, yeah. Because he's that damn good. And, and that's just the reality of it. And I'm not trying to, like, discourage people at all. It doesn't discourage me from racing. Like, when I go racing with the group of people I race with on a regular basis, tons of those guys are way the hell better than I am. But I just put my head down and I try harder. And when I get into those A mains and I get to race with those guys, it's awesome. Yeah, sure, I might be 8th or ninth out of 10 guys in the A main. But I'm in the A main. I'm racing with the fast guys. I'm just not quite as fast. And I think everybody has to get more comfortable with that. You might not be the fastest guy. You got to be comfortable with being a guy in the middle. Make your car go A to B. Remember what I've been saying this entire time I've gotten into this hobby of drag racing. I'm going to make sure my car goes A to B. The only time my car doesn't go to A to B is when I'm putting too much to it and trying to really swing for the fences. Yet he's been in enough races with me to see my car goes A to B when I'm not trying to misbehave. It's weird. <laughs> And I'm comfortable with that. I know my lane. And I think maybe more people need to look at that. You know, I, I put that in a post earlier. I think most people got to remember what you're doing. You don't go to the, the local dealership for snowmobiles and quads and side-by-sides and buy a new side-by-side and decide that you want to go race it in whatever, you know, racing league there is out there and then bitch and complain to the racing league that the rules aren't fair to you because you don't have $120,000 to spend on your side-by-side. You just... You get what I mean, folks? Like this, I'm not trying to be an asshole about it, but if it's too expensive for you, then I'm sorry. It's just part of the hobby. It truly is part of the RC hobby. It was never an inexpensive hobby. You can do it on the low, on the cheap, but you can't expect to do it on the cheap and then go to these big events and actually have a have a chance at it. And I'm sorry. That's that's the truth. It's not coming from a place of hate or, or anger. It's just it's frustration. I'm frustrated that everybody thinks it's supposed to be easy and it's not. I'm yeah. I'm fucking lucky, man. My car going A to B with the lack of testing I do is is partly luck and partly I kind of know what I'm doing when it comes to setting a car up. I may not know much about my tuning bullshit, but I can set a car up so it's equally balanced and should go A to B and and do what it does. Um, I, I'm lucky. No, I have a little bit of experience in RC. Yeah, that's it. You know what I'm saying? And I think as more people grow and learn that, they'll they'll get way better at it. But I think everybody wants to be way better tomorrow and they're not willing yeah. to wait. You know what I mean? And I, I think we're, we're faced with that. And I actually want to ask you about that, Yeti, because like how what do you see? How do you see next season? Do you do you think we're going to be at a detriment and less people are going to show up at these races? Or do you think they are going to be similar or potentially busier? Oh, if you ask me that right now, I don't know, man. It's such a tipping point for everything. I'm I'm kind of worried for what's what's been going on right now. I'll be completely bluntly honest about it. As you know, I'm on pretty much every web. Yeah. That it has yeah. To do with You're it. everywhere. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm seeing it everywhere. The same problems, the same complaints from everybody, and then to see people starting to drop off and uh, hobby shops close. Like we'll we'll talk about the desert hobby thing in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think that's yeah. We're definitely going to discuss that. I don't think that's more because business isn't booming right now. I think it's more because of people are just fed up with, and I actually have that as one of the, the the, the comments, the things that come up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's on my... 
but uh, I, right now I, I'm worried. I'm, I'm hoping that we can get some stuff turned around. There's a lot of talk from a lot of people, a lot of different groups uh, that want to do better for next year. They want to see things change. Um, a lot of stuff happened really fast this year, uh, even for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that this year was a freight train as far as the, the leaps and bounds. and well, I think at the beginning of this year, fast was 1.8. Yeah, yeah, fast is one point eight for sure. And now it's and, you know fast is like one fives, mid one fives. There's there's a good group of people that are going one fives. Uh, one six, one seven is fast for anywhere. Um, not don't don't get me wrong, local tracks still. Oh, there's probably lots of places there two O's. Yeah, I, I I have a feeling even like my car, as it's on on unprepped. We're looking at it once I figure it out two twenty because two twenty two ten. Because I don't think in the, you know what I mean? Like maybe if the yeah. day were on and everybody raced a lot and there was lots of grip by the end of it, you could drop a one nine one eight. But for what we're doing, I expect my car to be a solid 210 bracket car, basically. Yeah. Yeah, mine's, mine's finally faster than that now, thank goodness. A lot of work, but yeah. Yeah, I also haven't uh, tried out these new 3D effects tires or anything like that. So yeah. I could be talking a whole mess and suddenly my car's faster than it ever been. And I just put different tires on it. I have a feeling my front tires are really friggin' screwing my bag, but... Yeah. Well, hey, man, I was still running the... Pro- man, my heart is at the beginning of this thing still, folks. I'm running the Pro-Line Hoosiers on the front of my car. Because it was always about, like, kind of having stuff that was semi-realistic to what a full-scale car would have for drag stuff. Um, but I don't... The, the 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 world's changed in that. And, you know, I'm still going to build a car that has the my heart of hearts, the way I see it, the way I envisioned it car um that you know i will bring out and race uh but i get it this is this is racing folks this is just like any other form of highly competitive racing you know there's a reason why um so many of the off-road cars now have you know carbon fiber bling everywhere and you know aluminum milled out chassis and adjustable weights and adjustable diffs all the same stuff we use a lot in this drag racing is is an on the off-road stuff so you know i'm not I'm not shocked by it. I knew it was no. coming. I wish the manufacturers were on top of it. They had, like, you know what I mean? Like, the DR10M is, like, a you know, a kit, yeah. carbon fiber kit from a manufacturer. I really want to see, like, TLR do that. I know Traxxas won't touch it with a 10-foot pole because they're an RTR company, which is not Traxxas knocking them. Own, no, Traxxas has their own thing going on. I think what they're doing is great, but, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a little different. it's a little different. You know, but, yeah, that, that's just kind of my, my uh, I don't know. <laughs> Go on these tangents. So, I'm sorry. Yeah so, yeah. so for me right now, I'm worried about next year. Um, I think guys are taking a break. Lots of guys aren't going to this next race. Uh, I think some of it is for different reasons, but I think a lot of guys just need need the break now. Uh, yeah. Happens quick here. Um, and more power to them. I think it's great. I know it's sometimes it's hard to say. You know what? I gotta take a take a minute and do that personally for my own stability you know meant to go to the trials too uh, a lot of stuff was said online from a lot of guys back and forth and i think a lot of that's calmed down now but well yeah one of my notes is basically foster versus the world but it should be like foster and billy versus the world it seems like and you know maybe maybe not everybody likes either of them very much i don't know but i just don't get it you know they're trying to do something awesome for this whole section of rc racing and there wouldn't have been any any coverage of the 419 fall classic if they weren't there, 
You know what I mean? Really? I'm not 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 like another like WebRC. I'm not I'm not. You know what I mean? But they were the main folks putting out the coverage for that race. You know what I mean? And without that, who steps in and fills those shoes? One thing we're going to find out next year. Right? right? Well, unless somebody buys NPRC TV. Yeah, or, or you know, I, I, I'm not touching that with 10-foot pole. I ain't got the bankroll to be able to travel all over and cover these races. Trust me, if anybody wants to bankroll it and just travel my ass all over and all I'll do is flap my lips and not race, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I can move on from racing real quick and announcing. I bet you I could drag Tim Smith's ass out and announce with me. <laughs> I, I, almost, I almost George Foreman guarantee it, although it won't be free. That's for sure. I think we're both past that in our RC careers. We'll definitely make appearances and do announcing. And we'll do it on the cheap, but uh, it ain't going to be free. Just saying. <laughs> but uh, I, I think right now, I think the next little bit's going to determine what's going to happen next. I know a lot of people are trying uh, a different class to get some new people in, which I think is great. And I think yeah, and we need to talk about that because I think there's a big push of uh, what the plan is for Ontario, at least, yeah. next year. And, yeah. You know, we're going to kind of stay true to our province and and everything like that and try and progress things in our province because that's ultimately the best interest for us because if everything else takes a shit everywhere else at least we can try and have something still in our own our own area you know so i'm too uh, invested in it to kind of watch it all fizzle and pop and have yeah. to only drive to sudbury to hang out with yeti and a couple of cool cats to, to race with not knocking them they're the coolest dudes in the world to hang out with and you know test our cars for the day but yeah you know i like racing but, with other yeah. people's too we're, we'll, we'll see. I mean, a lot of guys like that are taking a break from this race. So I think it's great that they're going to do that for their own, their own being, which is awesome. Yep. Uh, but we're going to have to, things are going to have to change some bit. Uh, a lot of guys are going to have to remember that, uh, you know, you, you always can't be the fastest guy. And sometimes you, you got to not, not, not flap, I want to say flap gloves, but not uh, become a keyboard warrior. And I, I think some guys seen that this year and a lot of guys change that. So. Hey, I love those shirts that Dustin made for the quasi speed, yeah. but I really sh- they really should have said run your car, not your keyboard. Yeah, oh yeah, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I mean we, we can save it. I don't I don't think it's gone. Um, I think the Tennessee race will be a little bit a little more somber, just because it's kind of the the end for a lot of stuff. It's the end of the year for me. Yeah, I I hope it's uh, a hell of I listen. I hope that it ends up being a huge race. Everybody has a really, really good time, and uh, you know what I mean. It leaves uh, leaves the season uh, as a, you know what I mean, as an upper. Um, you know, I, I'm nervous though, especially after this last weekend and all the stuff going on on Facebook. You know that we kind of were, you know, alluding to the Jay and Mark Vine, um, you know, situation that popped off. You know that was that was unfortunate to see. You know, I, I know. Maybe at the beginning it started as a little lighthearted poking and prodding and, you know, egos kind of got inflated and deflated and, you know, um, you know, shout out to Jay for, for taking the break and kind of stepping away from it, you know, because he's seen it was just becoming too toxic uh, for his liking. Um, it's a shame, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing him in, in Tennessee. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that a lot of people still decide to go to the race uh, despite, you know, what... Oh, you know what I mean? Like, despite what, what's been going on, I hope a lot of people decide to not pay any attention to that and show up and race and meet up with their friends and and make new friends and see what, you know what I mean, this this whole hobby's about. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of Facebook politics that kind of, I don't know. I've, I've always tried to be a proponent of, and I've had my guilty moments where I've used Facebook to be, you know, call a company out or be an asshole. 
But I'm very straight and to the point about it. I don't I don't beat around the bush. <laughs> I, I tag the company. I tell them about the displeasure pleasure I'm having, and you know what I mean. I try not to be toxic about my Facebook posts. And I think more people need to remember that, man. Your mom, your mom should have raised you, or somebody should have raised you with the whole. If you don't have nothing nice to say, then don't say nothing. You can keep scrolling on Facebook. It's a weird thing. Or hey, I'll give you guys this tip. I've given it a bunch of times. You can type out what you want, and then just don't hit enter. Back out and scroll away. But leave it there. Don't delete it. I'm convinced one day Mark Zuckerberg's going to pull a friggin' fast one, and every comment that I've ever made is just suddenly going to get posted. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that would not be awesome. <laughs> I'm playing social media roulette. I never know when the trigger might go off, but man, some people are going to be humbled really quickly. And I'm going to be labeled an asshole really fast, but that's okay. I'm cool with that. I know I'm honest. And if that hurts your feelings and makes you upset, that's on you, not me. Don't ask my opinion if you don't want the truth. This is it. Just saying. I should have put that. I'm honestly that 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 should have been. Everyone has an a hole. Because yeah. you know what they say: opinions are like a holes. Everybody's got one. And they're all different. <laughs> Weird. Not that I know anything about looking at them, but I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> like, like I have a feeling that there's no way two people have that most that. I'm not even okay. Next, you're going too far. You're going too far. Yeah, yeah, right. No, no shit, right. So takeaways from the fall nineteen, uh, the four nineteen fall classic, Yeti. Uh, of course, I know Ken and a bunch of guys helped you. So who do you want to help? Who do you want to thank? And you know, what's your takeaways from it and everything else? Well, first off, let's 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 talk about one thing before you get too crazy far away from what that. Well, that's why I came back around to it. I didn't want to leave it. Frank Yerbeck, going one. Oh yeah. And. <clears throat> Hundred mile an hour consistently, not just a one off pass. Yeah, not a one off pass. This guy's going ninety nine hundred mile an hour like every friggin' pass. To watch that is mind blowing. Like just And congrats for winning it there, Frank. And yeah, I was gonna say Frank taking first and second. Yeah. Incredible to going through the brackets. Fast uh, as fuck, boy. That's all I can think oh, of yeah. every time his car goes is that meme. <laughs> oh yeah. It's uh, it's pretty sweet to watch that thing go. Uh and oh, one thing we'll touch on, we talked about people having bad days and off days, stuff like that. Lindsey Vine, well, Frank and Lindsey, both of them. Lindsey Vine, for the wrong one. Lindsey. Lindsey May. <laughs> Mark Vine, stuck in my head still. Um, <laughs> they, they have that track figured out. They raced there a lot. She got stuck at the very start line. Yeah, and that, that's why I try and tell everybody that. You got to remember, man. One little step, one little hitch. It, it reminds me a lot of like when I was used to be a bowler, and I'm sure Yeti can take this into his yo-yoing. You know, you know when you let go of, say, the yo-yo, or I let go of the bowling ball, I know as soon as I let go of it if it's going to be it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? One little misstep, one little hitch in my backswing, in my follow-through, that ball is not going to get in the pocket. It's not going to knock all 10 pins down. And I'm sure Yeti's let go of that yo-yo thinking, this is going to be the trick and go, Oh shit! I'm picking up a wad of freaking string now. You know what I mean? So it happens in drag racing. It happened to everybody. It can happen to a Dustin Mallycoat. Can happen to anybody, no matter how stringent they are with the race program. Yeah. You know they can they can do everything the right way and just put a little too much friggin' salt and pepper in it and it's gone. Yep. So. Yeah. So I wanted to mention that because that's the feat in itself. He's. Yeah, man. Shout out to Frank, the class wrecker. Uh, yeah. 
What a nickname. You know, like, I like Frank, you know, his son. Their their son, Ace, is probably the funniest little dude. He was on the stream for a little while. And I've got oh, some, yeah, oh, it was funny <laughs> listening to him. And then, like, I've got a couple of photos for, uh, of him uh, in Wisconsin um, playing yeah. with Jesse Hernandez, Jasmine's dad, right? And, yeah. like, dude, like, just, man, I love kids. You know, I'm glad I don't have little ones anymore, but I love them because, yeah. you know, when they're having a good time and they're actually, like, you know, being joyful and gleeful, you know, that I'm not saying you don't see it in adults, but for some reason in kids, it's so much more like you can appreciate it so much more, I guess, because, oh, yeah. you know, we're older now and those days of being so innocent and so carefree are gone. So I guess maybe it's a little nostalgia, but yeah, I got to get those, those couple photos edited and off to Frank and Lindsay because uh, oh, they're, they're really cool photos. That kid kills me. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. I, I, I honestly, if you could get him to announce a race, I would listen to him. The way he laughs and, and like, oh my goodness, just just a funny little dude. That's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah, shout out to Frank. Um, you know, Lindsay, you guys run a tight uh, tight ship program, and man, that C eight you guys have is pretty fucking cool too. Pretty slick. And I want to do old people stuff too. <laughs> I want. I want. <laughs> and I will say this. I know. It wasn't me personally, but Frank was there late that night talking to people, helping them out, saying stuff. Um, nobody was really bugging him, but uh, he was... You don't bug Frank when he's working on his car. You don't. It's just it's a thing. He does his work. He focused on that. But after well, race, I, I get that because I can... like oh. I think you've seen me a few times. When I kind of go into like work mode, it, yeah, it can be utter chaos around me. People can be talking to me, and I'm just like... Oh, you, yeah. you don't exist, man. My car and me are the only thing in this universe at the moment. Yeah, no Please doubt. take a number. Oh, <laughs> what's that? You have number 999 and I'm only at 001. Sorry about your luck, bro. You're waiting. Yeah. But no, <laughs> you, you stuck around helping everybody out. It was pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so my, my takeaways were the tracks, tricky, but fast. It's proven a very fast track. Um, the people there, the entire crew was just amazing everybody that was with the group everybody that was helping out the tech people how, oh they had two tech tables yeah left and right lane right left and right that I think should be done for a lot more races I'm not going to lie um, I just want to say thank you to the entire uh, 419 people the, the entire crew there they super respectful super helpful whoever had questions they answered if they couldn't answer they found the answer for you they helped me Lots getting straightened out where I was going, place to go and eat, stuff like that. Yep. Um, I didn't hear anybody real yelling, screaming, or being nippy at each other, even when it was pretty hectic when it was starting to get going. So I really, really appreciated that. Uh, Got to thank Ian for sure. He helped me out a lot. He was at work on his breaks. He was coming and talked me through a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, he's such a such a good dude. Oh yeah, Ian is uh he he is yeah, Ian Goodfellow, you know, one of the uh I, I know he's not, but to me he's like he's the assistant team manager to Colin, man. Like if oh, if if yeah. you know oh, what I mean? Like he's always he's always he tests a lot with Colin when he can. You know, he's been to pretty much uh, almost every race I think that Colin's been to this year, you know, so big race I mean. And you know, Ian Ian did all my tuning basically when we were in Oklahoma. I had no idea at all. I did a lot more of my tuning in Wisconsin. Um, and then Keely would just kind of looked at my tune and went, what the f are you doing, bro? <laughs> it, it was working. I, it, it. And then she 
she looked at it like three times and then she came back with her phone. She took a photo of it. She goes, I need to take a photo of this. It just doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't work. <laughs> I believe it still probably doesn't work because there's never been any re-go back and look at it. So I'm okay with that. But um, yeah, man, Ian is amazing. If you uh, if you uh, run any uh, McLan hardware whatsoever and you have questions, uh, Ian is definitely a guy to go to. He, um, yeah, he can answer it and he'll more than likely give you a moon tune if you want it to. He understands the software. I understand a lot of it. That man is next level. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, I know there's probably a lot of questions after all this because a lot of guys run the, the DRK stuff now, but he understands the software. He'll make you understand. He's changed my uh, the way I test and everything. So when he, uh, when I give him a call, I let him talk. He likes to talk. I always listen. He's uh, super helpful. Like you said, he's kind of like the system manager to call in. I know Colin is super busy with real life stuff, so I always try to reach out to Ian first. But uh, yeah, I want to say to Ian for sure, for sure. Uh, obviously, all the McLaren team—they're all behind me on the the web or the, the chat group. You know, rooting for me, which is really awesome. It was a little stressful. It is uh, nice to have that. You know, when you go to those yeah. big races, even when you're by yourself, to have. Well, I didn't, you know, that's the thing. I did not feel by myself. I, that's what I was gonna say. Like having those everybody else. You know, well, what the race is doing this, you're doing that. These guys are doing this. You're here. It was kind of cool to, to not feel alone. Yeah. Like all the team guys from a clan. Uh, Ken and Chad from CJC, being, having them there was awesome. Uh, helping with my setup, sharing it between all of us was pretty cool. Um, got launched with Ken. I know they're not selling anymore in Canada. That's a whole other thing. But, yeah, they're not selling anymore in Canada, so you can't even reach out to Ken anymore. That's not uh, not doable at all. Um, but uh, he had some stuff from AJ for us there, so we ran the got launch, and it was awesome. I know a lot of guys down there run got stuck. Uh, I had no problem. I was, I was pretty freaking stuck. <laughs> a little bit too much. Money, <laughs> um, who else? Oh, man. There was... Uh, what was I talking to when I was there? I was, it was such a whirlwind of stuff. Uh, just I think those are the main people that were there and helped me that day there, man. I'm going to say... Uh, yeah, and then um, anyway from McLaren, the, having the the four pole, I heard nothing, nothing but good things about the four pole, the DRK four pole. Yeah, everybody had the same experience that I've had with them being super true. Uh, a lot of the engine builders I was talking to, they uh, they told me the same thing. Oh, Josh was actually there. Josh, the I can't pronounce the last name. God help me. Trucks. Oh, Cyril. 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 Yeah, I was yeah I was using his tires this weekend, and uh, he was there helping us glue them up, get them straightened out. Both my front and rear tires were just amazing. Uh, he's got uh, some other stuff in the work after this weekend. Uh, I think you're gonna see some amazing stuff from him moving forward with these. these I just can't wait for my front rims to show up from Chad. I'll be laughing. Yeah, oh man, the aluminum ones, amazing. Yeah, i'm i won't lie i'm way too cheap to buy listen i will probably buy a set of bad racing aluminum rims but they are literally going to be to go on a display car it sits on my shelf i am way too freaking cheap to spend that kind of money on that kind of beautiful hardware to wad that shit up i know i'm going to for some reason carbon fiber doesn't bother me for some reason calling chad and saying hey bro i need a new chassis plate doesn't bother me and paying for it instead of having to order another new set of rims because I marred the shit. Now I can't. I can't. I can't. My hat's off to all you guys that do. You guys are badass muffers. I'm gonna tell you that right now. 
I can't. I can't. I can't. But I want a set so bad because they look so rad. They are rad. Um, yeah. So Cyril, like I said, um, both his girls were in there too, and they were struggling with the DR10M. So I know he uh, got some changes coming. We have to wait for that. But uh, yeah, that's pretty neat. Having him there was kind of cool to help us with the tire and our prep setup and everything. I bet. I well, bet he, that was kind of nice to have. And I have to give a shout out to Dustin Malicote. He bought pizza on Friday. Oh, nice. After being there that long, being there for the whole day and everything, he bought pizza and shared with everybody. It wasn't just the FRP guys. That was awesome. That was awesome. Dustin's yeah, cool, dude. Cool. Dustin's pretty cool. I didn't get a chance yeah. to talk to him too much, but yeah. Uh, I've Mark talked to him more playing video games. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Oh, you're good. You're good. You got to reach. You got to reach. Gotta... Happens. Yeah. Um, Greg works was there too. I talked to him quite a bit. His new tires are something else. Yeah, I seen know. him on the live stream talking about them and stuff like that. Definitely intriguing. Yeah. So, who else? Oh man, there was like I said, there was just so much going on. Just so much going on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so for for me, I think that's everybody that's helped me out there. That uh, I want to say thank you to, of course, uh, MKS too. I uh, I set my server at the beginning of the day. <laughs> After wrecking or turning or nothing, I didn't have to set it at all. I was so impressed. It made my life so much easier just to have to set it and forget it. Yeah, I can. I I bet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know you're you're with them too, and man, I've I've had the same one in my main car since I started this drag racing thing. <laughs> I've wrecked the car so many times. This servo should not work at all. What it does. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The you know the thing is I haven't really replaced a lot of servos because I've broken them. I buy new servos and the old ones just kind of stay in other cars. I I still have now I know guys have, but in in the things that I've done, I haven't broken one yet. And I'm I'm yeah I'm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I'm gonna spend my money, I don't mind spending it. I definitely don't want to uh, you know break something or. You know, I get that, you know, right? Like, a lot of people don't want to spend their money and and buy something that broke. Because, right. you know, who wants that? Yeah. But, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I'm 100% going to go back. 100% going to go back to that place. Like I said, the people were just too good. The track was just too good. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> that's, that's after that one. Just, it's just amazing. Right on. Okay, so I guess a few things that maybe Yeti isn't so familiar with um, are the Worlds happened recently. Um, uh, David Ongaro from Team Associated won. Congratulations. Another win for Associated, so that always makes me happy. Um, but I don't know. There was a video circulating where it was like uh, basically like the awards dinner ceremony thing, and there's a video of JQ holding a big speaker boombox playing music behind Ryan Mayfield. And... I'm just speculating when I say this, but it looked like at one point Mayfield was getting annoyed by it because JQ was kind of like pushing it into his back. Like, you know, sometimes when you fuck with your friends, you'll, you kind of push them to an edge where they kind of start looking at you like, okay, if you don't stop, I'm going to slap you. Cut it up. That kind of thing. I kind of feel like JQ was trying to do that. I don't know. I don't know their, their, like how they get along. Um, you know what I mean? But it just like looked like to me like JQ was trying to, <laughs> you know, swat at the horn's nest a little bit and get them all fired up. Um, but it looked like good time. I know the the racing was something else. A uh, good friend of uh, the podcast called Tollard, who's another associate guy, was at it. Um, but uh, you know, uh, 
that kind of leads me into what's happening for me coming up in October. Yeah, I'm going drag racing at the end of October, but before the end of October, I'm actually going indoor carpet racing. Going back to my roots. Fun. Something I haven't done in three like three years. Like I did it last April uh, once, and uh, <laughs> so we're gonna see how this season goes because I'm gonna try and actually go every month and race with the guys over in Sioux, Michigan. Uh, it's uh, hosted by Casey Hobbies. It's through the EUPRC Club. Uh, they're actually racing in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan at the Sioux Armories. Uh, of course, you're welcome to come out. They run 10 scale. Uh, reach out to KC Hobbies or uh, check out the EUPRC uh, Facebook page. They have the rules for all the classes and everything there so you know what to run. Uh, I'm going to probably show up in my stock two-wheel drive buggy um, and my four-wheel drive bu- buggy in a 13.5 configuration, stock configuration, which I know if Colin's hearing this, he's probably saying, run mod, you wuss, but not in those exact words. Um <laughs> But uh, I can't. Seems to be everybody else I freaking race with doesn't want to run mod. Now I say that they're gonna show. I'm gonna show up and those assholes are all gonna have mod cars. So don't worry. I'm gonna make sure my six fives are in 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 the, the RC bin. And if I have to, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch out when I get there. I hope not. Uh, but that comes up October eighth for me. I believe it'll probably be every month from that point on. Um, so that'll be kind of interesting. I'll get home from drag racing and pretty much be turning around to go back off-road racing again and that'll be the end of my drag racing program uh i wanted to get out and test but nothing showed up for me to actually test the new motor so um in the meantime there's going to be a 5.7 uh breakout v2 that's going to get finished built and my cjc has been uh, maverick 2.0 has been gone through and ready to go i have cerule tires front and rear for both of those cars those will be what i'm bringing with me to tennessee for king of the smokies uh, I honestly don't know until practice comes and goes what car is going to be doing what for me. Um, the 5.7 car could be my bracket car. Uh, the CJC car could be my bracket car. Or I could literally leave it to coin toss, depending on how they're running. <laughs> um, part of me is tempted to bring a car with a two-pole in it. You know what I mean? Like, tried, true, no, no, I can run, you know what I mean? One, one nines, like high one nines, a two-oh solid with. Um, and then bring a car with a four pole, but then I kind of also feel like I'm doing a bit of injustice to my CJC car or my five, seven car. If I don't bring them both with four poles. So, um, my goal is just to make sure I actually get the hardware that I thought I ordered show up. Uh, eBay is not your friend. Don't use it. Um, you're better off just to wait for places like quasi speed, uh, McLan, uh, to, to get in the, the, what you're after And I'm talking about pinions and spurs here, folks. Uh, it's turned into a nightmare. I ordered pinions on eBay, never showed up. Gone into the ether. Said they shipped, said they delivered, didn't show up. I managed to find some spur gears that wouldn't make me have to drill. Like, I've got spur gears. I've got stock associated ones everywhere. I've got 84s. I've got 87s. I've, you know what I mean? I have the the the, 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 pin, the spear, spurs I need. But you see what they're missing? Not drilled. Yeah. Not the end of the world. I have a drill press. I'm not incompetent. I know how to measure. <laughs> I can totally drill them out and just mount them up. But you know what I mean? I'd rather have something that's meant for it versus kind of cobbling something together. Part of me has thought about just throwing, you know what I mean? Like basic with no pad. Like I have a gimmick to make these like no slipper, but I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Because if I ru- ruin this, I have to basically make another one. I want it where if I ruin it, it's unbolted, bolt a new one on, good to go. So. I've got I've got some associated ones coming because the new associated quad lock ones actually have the the drill out for you to be able to put uh, or the octo lock I'm sorry um, 
they have the drill outs for an eliminator to be bolted to them. Well, they've done that in the sense of because they know, you know, associated guys, some of them run stock class. Mm. You know what I mean? And and most guys in stock run an eliminator. They don't run a slipper. I still run the slipper. I just tighten it all the way down because yeah. <laughs> to me, all the way tightened down ain't going to slip. Not with no. the kind of power 17.5 is making. Now, I could be wrong. I haven't really had a new 17.5 in my hand in forever. Uh, oh, man. I don't even think I have a 17.5 in my house. Oh, I don't be an issue. Well, I shouldn't say that. I do, but it's not a McClan one. Neither is my 13.5. Oh, I really screwed up. You have to order some of those. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> well, all right. Hey. It just goes to show everything I do in RC is unproven, untested. I show up and just let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's what's going on for me. Uh, Yeti, what's going on for you in the next like little bit? Are you going to be trying to do any testing when the weather's nice, or what's the plan? Yeah, I'm, I'm going on Monday. I'm uh, after uh, the 419 race. There was some stuff that I learned, like I said about my chassis being too soft or my suspension being too soft in the back. I was running good, but not fast, so I, I got that figured out. I have to wait for next Thursday when it's it warmer. It's cold here in Canada now. Yeah, it's been doing that here too. Yep. It's it snowed the other morning. My new boss though is into RC and he's into the drag racing thing that I'm doing. Nice. So I'm I'm gonna work with him because I know the parking lot's long enough for me to do 132 foot hits. Um, nice. But I'm not gonna lie to everybody. Next year I want to do more 66 foot racing. Yeah, um, well, you know, my, my thing to go to right here now. here's the thing. Hear me out, everybody. Hear me out. We've modeled a lot of this from. Street Outlaws. Tim and I were huge fans of it. It was part of the predecessor that led to the NPRC, no prep RC drag racing. Well, weird. You know, Street Outlaws now are doing no prep racing. You know, Street Outlaws this whole time have done eight sca- like eighth mile. You know, everybody's out there bitching about no prep this, and you're all oh, your Street Outlaws, blah, blah, blah. Nobody wants to actually admit the fact that we're running double the fucking length. <laughs> if we're doing everything right. So I would like to see next year more 66 foot races. And I know for some people, they're kind of poo-pooing on that. But, like, come on, man. These are one-second races. They're going to be in, like, the 105s. The, the, the like, You know what I mean? Like, 10s. These are going to be fast, fun races. You only need, like, 250 feet to do them now. You don't need to have yourself 600 feet because, you know, you're approaching these ridiculous speeds. Maybe not on a national level, but I'd love to see some national level, like, NPRC 66-foot. You know what I mean? Like. Most people can get out 66 foot. Things get real dumb after that for some people, right? So it could be way more competitive. It could be a lot of fun. You know, I know everybody bitches about no more classes, no more classes, but I would love to see 66 foot racing or like, you know, maybe if I can somehow convince Greg and and Jared to put on like a MBM 66 foot challenge at Super Chips next year or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, Matt's stirring the pot right now. Damn straight I am. But anyway, um, what are you going to do this offseason then, Yeti? What do you? What does Yeti do in the offseason? Well, I'm going to Tennessee. Yeah. I'll be down to that. I know. All right. Well, we didn't talk about that. So, yeah, I'm going down with – I won't be going down with you. I'll meet you down there. We're going opposite directions. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm bringing, bringing a, a kiddo with me too and stuff like yeah. that. So, makes That's the – That's so much fun. I, I hope so. I, I'm – I'm still, I'm not sure whether or not her and the wife are really going to do the RTR class. Like they want to, but they kind of keep on petering out on me. So oh, yeah. yeah, if not, I'm thinking about maybe, uh, getting the, uh, 
I don't know if I can manage to pull it off because I know he's closed on the registration, but I might try and see if somehow or another my, my kid can run the bracket class or something for me. I have to, my missus is coming out with me too for this one. So. Oh, right on. That's cool. That's going to be a good time. Yeah. Uh, for my off-season, uh, I, don't, I don't do much in the off-season. <laughs> uh, you hibernate? over my car lots. Yeah, I hibernate. I don't like winter. That's how I got my nickname. I hate winter. Despise it with, you know, every being. Yeah, but Yetis live in the winter, bro. I know. That's why it's funny. It's <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's they, all good. They do have they do have mini Z racing here. Yeah, I seen that. It's it was pretty cool. They have a brand new place to run this year, so I'm actually gonna go out and see what that's all about. I might uh, I might try that. They give you something to do. It's nice. There's no jumps, so it's not too bad. Oh. You just got to do a little oh. bit of left and right turning. Yeah. Well. Me and my me and my stepson got into the RC drag racing thing. He's been he's gone up a little bit now. He's more on his computer than anything else. But yeah, I thanks. think uh, I think he'll do all right with the mini Z thing. I think he'll enjoy it. So I'm gonna try to get him out to do that too. Give me borrow a couple of cars and give that a shot. Uh, outside of that, I don't do anything until until it's warm again or until I can go somewhere warm. <laughs> yeah, see, in in the off season is an off season for me. It's just the off road season, snowmobiling yeah. and ice fishing and all the things that I do like doing in the summer. But you know the weird thing about ice fishing? There's no bugs. You know weird about snowmobiling? There's no bugs. <laughs> you know what the weird thing is about doing most things in the winter when there's snow on the ground? There's no bugs. It's really nice. I seem to be like uh, I put off like a natural like uh, scent that seems to attract any kind of bug that likes to bite, whether it be little black flies or mosquitoes or it just you you, you if you want to bring repellent to camp with you, you just bring me. <laughs> that's pretty much what happens like just yeah sit me down on a lawn chair i'm gonna get eaten alive i'm that guy like i love going out but i hate it i'm the guy that smells like repellent it's like man who put on cologne no no that's my repellent <laughs> yeah but it's cold cold winter's cold I don't yeah cold. well nope nope isn't well yeah i guess it's hot underground right because you get yeah, closer to the core of the earth kind of deal it's all insulated <laughs> But it's 38 degrees, so it's about 80 degrees underground all the time. Oh, awesome. and, and humid, isn't it? Yeah, it's like 96% humidity. Well, I, it's like breathing water. Yeah, pretty much. All the time. <laughs> so I'm, so, I'm so used to it. My body likes it so much. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You've been doing it for a while, that's for sure. So, with that being said, what else do you got? I think we're almost at the end of it. I think so. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to Tennessee. I look forward to the last race of the year. Uh, I think I think I got a car that can actually go faster than I got it going now. So I think I'm gonna break that 180 mark when I get down there. Woohoo! Just mentioning guys, talking to lots of guys. Oh, I wanted to talk about Chuck before we got. To okay, yeah, we can for sure. Taylor. He, we start. We started off together, racing down in Muskoka. Met him down there. Uh, he's a, he's an awesome dude. We're the only Canadians that made it to every big race this year, which is awesome. Uh, he was to the point of almost talking about not even racing anymore and he turned himself around he won down in New York this year and at this race he broke his personal breast going a 1-6 yeah man 1-7 and 1-6 it's just incredible to see him go from uh, like I said almost wanting to quit being so frustrated turn around and then turn his 1-6 and just everybody there was just so excited he was oh yeah he's killing it right now Oh, yeah. He's racing there a week before, and he learned a lot of stuff, and he brought that along with him to, to run in this race. And everybody was down there was just so happy to see him be his personal best. So cool to see him go so Chuck's many an awesome dude. He did well. Yeah. Uh, at the end, he ended up 
beating himself with broken parts. He didn't uh, never got beat at the lines. It was not beat at the finish line. He was beat at the start line with breaking parts there, like a lot of guys went through. Yep. So, but it was cool. I'm super happy for it. Once the congratulations, it's uh, it's awesome to see guys break their personal best like that. So. Hate to say it, but I think if you actually made everybody do a burnout, it would stop with some of this line stick and stuff. Uh, I I think it will just prolong it. It's uh, I don't know, man. After being in diff- both different kind of races, it's it, with the burnout. Without the burnout, we put so much crap on our tires now. Yeah, they were pretty loose with the burnout deal there, eh? Well, you didn't. You didn't have to do it. Guy, a lot of guys did it because that's what they used to do it. Yeah, but I, like they didn't have like you had to do it way behind the line or anything. Like I seen a lot of guys do it like right beside where they staged their car, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it was. The I'm not. Hey, listen, I I think if we're gonna do burnouts, just let them let us do it right at the staging line. I hate to say it, because that's trying to keep the prep off there, right? That's the whole idea. Yeah, but, but I know, yeah. but eh, whatever. Yeah, I know. at this point, yeah, whatever. But I like I like the burnout rule, I like seeing it, but it just prolongs it. I know there was some suggestions about basically like I know it would piss off a lot of people, but through practice, basically having cones up saying, Okay, you know, so many guys get to go from here and then moving the cones over and then now here and moving the cones over and now here to spread the, the prep out across the entire track so that way there's not just this one huge wad of build up, you know what I mean? I'm I'm interested to see if that kind of gets taken into effect at any of these bigger races next year. Um, I know Mark Fine was talking about that in his. I think think a lot of guys are going to look at that for the bigger races next year. Um, I don't think it's a disservice. You know what I mean? Like, like that's pretty much to me how we get away from saying, okay, no more tire prep. Let's prep the track. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot of guys. Because if you take the practice times that we're getting, and I know for some it's a huge frustrating factor, Colin hates the amount of practice that goes into uh the uh, the the and and i don't disagree i really feel like maybe race directors can start basically saying like doing it on like a token system so you register to race and you get say six practice tokens that's it you get six hits when you use them how that you use them is up to you if you wait until the last hour of practice and you go up there and try and burn all six of your tokens give her down charlie brown but you're only going to get six six hits it also would reduce the amount of time that you have to have available for testing um I, I don't know. There, there, I think there's a lot of things that could be done. I'm just kind of spouting off the top of my head. None of it might actually work out very well. I don't run races personally. I don't want the headache of running a race. There's too many people to try and fucking satisfy. Well, I will say the 419 guys, they had the race times. The oh, yeah, they ran tight ship. Yeah. yeah. And they said, you know, this is when the race, the thing stops. That's it. You're walking up, prep tire, you want to put it down. Nope, get up the track. You're done. That was it. It was awesome. And that's how it has to be. You can't like, oh, this guy needs one more hit. Oh, he didn't get it. He had to change the tire. No. If you're on the track, you run. You run. If not, tough hits. You know. Well, in, in like, you know, I just watched the first uh, episode of season five of No Prep Kings, and that's kind of how it is, man. Like, yeah. if if you're going to dilly-dally, like, the one the one racer was kind of asked Daddy Dave for a little bit more time because, you know, they uh, they put a hole in a piston or something in practice, right? Yeah. And Dave was like, yeah, no, we're first off the trailer. We're first down the track. There's no way. I'm not yeah. I'm not giving you more time. And, you know, some people think that's maybe dicky, but it's no. It's it, Listen, if you're going to go out and make those test hits, you're taking the responsibility of potentially fucking up your car and screwing up your, your first round, your second round, your whole race weekend. So stop looking at, you know, and I get it, sportsmanship, you know what I mean, is, is a big thing, and nobody wants to be that guy, but... I'm not going to lie to you. If I go to a race and they say it's a minute timer, a minute and a half timer, I'm not going to look at the race director and say, oh, no, give them the extra time. No, 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 no. 
I'm here. I'm ready. Why can't you be? Oh, you did like 12 test hits and wadded your car up on the last one. I did five and I didn't. What's your point? Like, right. I don't, I don't have sympathy for that. I really, really don't. I have sympathy for the guy that's traveled, you know, 12 hours from home and showed up on race day because he couldn't make it off work and his shit's not together. That guy I have all the respect in the world for because he made it. He's trying. And I might actually say, yeah, yeah, give him the extra minute. I know he only got here a half hour ago, you know, but those are few and far between instances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, we got to talk about this desert hobby thing. there. Too. Oh, uh, yes. Before we do end the show, we do. So we, well, yeah, it's a little bit scatterbrained. I should have wrote it down and I did. And it's not on the four sticky well, notes that I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Maybe one day I'll be as sufficient as Tim and actually send Yeti a freaking show notes. Pate, I doubt it. Don't even Ooh, fucking yeah, think about no. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so Desert Hobby. So, of course, I, if you pay attention on social media at all, you know that things went down uh, between, and I, I'm just saying it as is. There, something went on between WebRC and Billy and Foster. I don't know what. I don't know if it was all hearsay. Uh, I'm just saying what the general picture of what happened was. Is it became somehow or another became apparently (laughs) clear to WebRC that they would not be welcomed at King of the Smokies. So they put up a post saying they're not going to be there. They're they're not going, period. Um, That prompted some posts from... Foster and other places saying, you know, I'm never telling anybody they can't go. But as soon as you kind of there's a vibe that somebody's not welcome, they don't really want to show up. That's just the reality yeah. of it. You know what I mean? And 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 that's that's the truth. I don't know what happened. You know, I don't know the whole story. So that's as far as I'm going to comment on it. I'm just saying what I've gathered from the Facebook posts from both ends. I've watched a couple of Foster's videos. Um, Foster took a whole world of shit from a whole bunch of people. Um, I'm not going to name names, but a bunch of people called him out on social media, said a bunch of terrible things about him. Um, whether they're true or not, again, I can't speak to that. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sorry, but I don't think the people making these claims know either. They're just going off of a gut feeling, off of a presumption. Um, whatever that did, whatever that catalyst was, it set off uh, a series of events. And it's looking like Desert Hobbies is going is closing and or up for sale. Uh, Billy Shaw owns Desert Hobbies and is getting out of that completely. Um, and as well, uh, I believe him and Foster are partners with NPRC TV, and that is for sale as well. Um, I, I don't I don't know anymore, but it, I know Desert Hobbies was a huge place for drag racers to go and get parts. I know they, they, they really supported this whole subject, you know, genre of RC. So it's a shame to see happening. You know, I'd really love to know what the deal is and maybe, you know, privately I might be able to find out from Billy and, and or Foster and when we're at King of the Smokies, like, what's the deal? But uh, to me, it's a lot of the same deal that Tim faces on Facebook. You know, you're constantly a punching bag. You're constantly taking shit and all you're really trying to do is make the hobby better and more fun for people. You know, Tim takes a lot of criticism because the DRK has Tim Smith edition on it. You know, when somebody fails one, they're like, oh, really? Tim believed in the product enough to put his name on it, and you're gonna shitbag him. Yeah, I, I will say I failures know, happen, I folks. <laughs> failures happen. You know what I mean? The R1s ESCs fail all the time. Oh, there's, all, there's a whole big thing about that this weekend too, man. Yeah, I seen I seen the posts about it. You know what I mean? It, I don't, it, I don't get into it. I'm not an R1. No, guy. no, I, it, none of my business. I know there's batch numbers talked about, and there's a yeah, whole bunch of. 
right? Like there was a whole bunch of crap that that went on over it. And I get it. You know, people, when they have a failure, they get frustrated because it's, you know, a couple hundred dollars out the window. Okay. So if you were a real life drag racer and you had yourself a Fox body Mustang that you had God knows whatever engine in it, an LS, a Mopar, I don't care. Whatever engine you want to put in it. You went out to the track. You did six hits that night. And on the last one, you decided to turn it up and you grenade your engine. Are you going to fucking go home and complain to Ford, Mopar, or Chevy because your engine blew up? No. You're going to be pissed that it blew up, but you're going to go back and probably rebuild it. So I just don't understand why in the RC hobby that when you make a mistake, hate to say it, that's what happens. We all do. And you wad up your shit. Suddenly it's the manufacturer's fault. Hmm. Weird. I'm I'm sorry folks. Again, this is that honest part of me. I just don't get it. It doesn't it doesn't translate for me, guys. It doesn't. People do it every day in the full skill world and it is what it is. They don't go home and, you know, try and shit blast Chevrolet on the internet. Because guess where that's gonna get you? Absolutely freaking nowhere. And it's not getting you anywhere in RC anywhere either. All you're doing is slowly but surely destroying the little hobby that we have. You know? It's it, it's kind of crazy. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, I have this whole thing, like, you know, the EPA in the U.S. right now is, like, finding places that sold, like, stuff where you can tune your car, even if it was a race car, they're finding them. And, like, the EPA wants to make it where you can't even convert any on-road car to a race car. They want to basically destroy grassroots racing, the government. And the weird thing is, that's not happening in RC at all. The, the community itself is trying to destroy the damn hobby. They're eating themselves from within, and it's it's got to stop. If you aren't having fun, if you're frustrated, if you think that it's all bullshit, walk away, man. Don't ruin it for the rest of us that love doing it. I'm sorry. If it's not fun for you, walk away. It's, it's not a big deal. You can come back. You can try again, but walk away. Stop. I went on a Facebook rant a while ago. I posted a live video about it because the same thing was kind of happening. You know, everybody was shitbagging Rotor on because he would send the dyno sheets out with his motors and stuff like that. And they were just like, this doesn't make any sense. Hey, can somebody, t instead of messaging the guy that tunes the friggin' motor for you, go to the internet and ask the friggin' internet geniuses that, you know, half of them don't even race. Yeah, I said it. A lot of you guys don't even race. A lot of you guys haven't even built a street outlaw car, but you got all these opinions on how to fix the hobby. Shut the fuck up and build a car and race first. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like, I'm sorry. That was very brunt. But seriously, I don't care that you did it in the past or did other RC in the past. I, I did too. This whole drag racing thing's new to me. And I don't want to see it fizzle and fade away because a bunch of people got the panties in a twist. So that's my beef. Sorry. Should, I, I really should save these for the end of the shows, though. I think they're way better yeah. than at the beginning. <laughs> But yeah, so just just to finish off the, the Billy thing, uh, I've never had a problem with Billy or, or Foster personally. Neither have I, man. Just I just hope that uh, whatever they choose to do moving forward, they I wish them all the best. Hope they do well. They did uh, awesome promotion and getting some live. Well, if up. if Billy or Foster hear this, I hope you all know that at some point or another during King of the Smokies, my ass is planning to come and infiltrate your your announcing thing. And one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to be the greatest like 15, 30 minutes of our lives or y'all are going to be like, don't ever let that near another microphone. Don't. <laughs> don't. He has a podcast. The internet needs to shut him off. Damn. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that bad, but I definitely want to hang out with those guys and, you know, talk some, talk some racing. So, you know, if yours truly goes out early, 
you know where you're gonna find me all weekend. I'm gonna find something to do. Um, although I, I, I'm really hoping I don't go out early at all. I really want to hurt some feelings and send some people home. I don't know why. I just, <laughs> I do. Um, we'll see if that happens or not. Um, I know in January there's a soul flow down, uh, down, uh, which is kid yeah. Sims race. I'm trying my hardest to figure out how to get down to that one. I want to be there. You sponsoring that one too. Yeah. Throwing that out there. Woo. <laughs> <clears throat> Chad, <clears throat> we might have to <clears throat> <clears throat> rent a RV. <clears throat> <clears throat> I may have my AZ. <clears throat> we can drive. <clears throat> just say it. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you just pay the deposit on the RV. I'm sure the rest of us will help split the cost of it. It's the deposit for RVs. It's dumb. It's like, yeah, oh, you want to rent this RV for a week? No problem. Just put $15,000 down. Are you? <laughs> you buy one for that now. Like, eh, you want me to give you 15K? Listen, I understand that piece of unit that I'm about to borrow is worth 125 But where the fuck am I supposed to come up with 15K for you just hold for a week? Hang on, let me go to the bank and get a short-term loan. Like, come on. Do <laughs> you imagine walking into your banker? What can I do for you today, Mr. Housen? Uh, yeah, so I want to borrow like $15,000 so I can rent an RV for the weekend. And yeah, they just it's a deposit kind of thing, you know. It's no big deal. I don't plan on wadding the shit up. I'm going to take the extra insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, uh, can, can you please leave? The exit's right over there. <laughs> yeah, no, so SoFlow sounds like a pretty pretty good time. For yeah, me. I want to get down to it for sure. I want to. Yeah. And then after that, uh, yeah, we'll have to see how everything's going to go. Yeah, and then after that, we'll the season basically gets kind of rolling for everybody in the lower states, kind of, sort of. Because there's that. I believe April. Yeah, King of the Street. Yeah, they moved it to April this year, right? Yeah. So they have they have both the the dates already out there. So hopefully, guys are trying to register for them. Yeah, I I, I might be able to make that happen, but I I'm gonna ha- the reality is this: I would have to pick. I don't know if I yeah, can make SoFlo uh, and King King of the Streets happen. And I love Kid and I love Tyler, so it's really hard for me to pick who who I to. Two, right. I got two weddings the week after. Ooh. Um, yeah, so I can't. I got two of the weddings. You're standing yeah. in them? Uh, the, the the woman's standing in the one. And oh. the one's uh, the destination wedding that I can't miss. So. Okay, the destination wedding's understandable. The one where your wife's standing in it. Me. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, the, the people that... Uh, the people I'm that kidding. Were, that were is just amazing I know, I know. I'm just, I'm joking. <laughs> Do you imagine being like, hey, babe, listen, I know you're standing in so-and-so's wedding and there's like super cool people, but I figured because they're so super cool, they'll be totally okay if I go play with my RC cars for the weekend with a bunch of my buddies. Okay, cool. Okay, love you. Bye. Yeah, but so far, I want to try. I want to try SoFlo, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll try to figure it out. Either or. You know, if I can't make it to SoFlo, maybe Yeti will, and if Yeti can't make it to the king of the streets, then I will, and... Who knows? You, you never know what next year might hold. You know, maybe maybe for some reason, somehow or another, the NBM podcast has a travel budget and somehow we can afford to, to offset the cost. Or maybe we pick up a sponsor that likes to offset the cost so we actually go to these races. I can't I can't I can't see that happening. But man, a man can wish, you know, weirder, weirder things have happened. My, my uncle won half a million dollars. There you go. <laughs> All I'm asking for is like a little bit of travel expenses. I don't think that's so much to ask for. Really? Winning the lottery would be great. Then we would be covered. We'd be going to every friggin' race. Christ. Listen, Yeti probably wouldn't quit his job. He'd probably keep working. I don't blame him because he gets a week off at a time. But I'm certainly... I don't even know if I'd actually quit my job. 
like, one, eh? I like my new job. Yeah, so for most that don't know, I am uh, working at a new place. I've left truck driving. Uh, I kind of decided to get out of that about this time last year. I did drive last year plowing the highway in a you know a combo unit plow truck, uh, removing snow and putting down sand or, and or salt, that kind of deal through the winter. Um, but I got out of tr- driving for a living. Uh, I'm currently working at a local BRP dealer as a PDI technician. Uh, I actually enjoy it a lot. You know, I get to assemble snowmobiles, put accessories on them, side-by-sides, uh, quads, sea-doos. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's super awesome. I enjoy the job a lot. Uh, my new boss is kind of digging like into RC. You know, him and I had a talk one day, and he goes, when things slow down, he goes, I have some RC cars I'm going to get you to work on when you're here during the day. And I'm like, you're going to pay me to work on RC cars? What the the hell have I been doing with my life for the last 20 years? But anyway, so, um, so, you know, and you know, when I talked to him about taking a little bit of time off to go to King of the Smokies, he was like, yeah, man, awesome. You know, so it's, it's super cool to work at a place that kind of supports the things that I like to do that, you know, make me happy. And it's a great environment to work. Like I really do enjoy working with my coworkers. They're pretty funny guys. Um, there's a couple gals that work there too. You know what I mean? Like we have a good time and, uh, I really enjoy it. So that means if you need to buy a snowmobile side by side, uh, quad a sea do um get a hold of the north shore sports and auto in sault Ste. marie ontario uh look for nick andrew or jordan those guys are the three main sales guys there they can get you all set up uh, with whatever you're looking at and uh i wouldn't suggest requesting me to build it <laughs> i don't think they'll actually even want to do that but hey you could you can say yeah i know the guy matt in the back that puts them together get him to do it um i could be making myself a whole lot of work for nothing right now <laughs> It's not a bad thing at all, um, but yeah. So I'm I'm digging the new job. It's definitely uh, up my alley as far as you know doing the daily things that uh, that has to be done there, and it's giving me the availability to travel a little easier. You know, the time off work isn't such a stressful thing as it was before. Because in the previous jobs I've had, when I take time off, usually I'm you know I'm the only guy. I had a little yeah. taste of not being the only guy when I worked up for the company that plowed, and uh, a little bit somewhat sort of when I had the job after that, but. Not so much, you know what I mean? If I took days off, my job didn't get done. It, it wasn't the end of the world. My my work didn't get done. It just com- compacted. Whereas where I'm at now, I take a couple days off. The other guys are doing work. You know, it's not sitting, kind of piling up. So I like it. That's what I've been doing. Like I said, if I win the lottery, I don't think I'll like actually. I'll probably ask to work less hours. I I don't I don't know. Like I'll come in from like <laughs> I'll come in at six in the morning and leave at like ten a.m. I I don't know, but uh yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully something blesses us with fundage for traveling because I would love it for Yeti and I to be able to make it to more races um, as, as a duo, uh, as the MBM podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll see what can work out. You never know. Thing, weird things happen all the time. But I, I don't know. You got anything else? Uh, no, I think we got some stuff for next time we got to talk about. But uh, no, I just... Uh... Yeah, I think we should do it in another two weeks or so. Yeah. Yeah. Try and try and stick to that. Especially now we're going to get into the, the, the quote unquote off season um, to yeah. kind of keep the ball rolling. I think it's a good idea for us to do. Um, you know, we can talk about updates, you know, things that you've been looking at, kind of tinkering with. Um, hey, man, if you do mini Z racing, that might be a whole thing for us to kind of start talking about. I might have to buy one myself and come up there and race with you guys. I know it's during the week, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming up for Canada next year, too. We want to talk about the next one. So. I think that's a great idea too. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I guess we'll sign off now. I think that's it. I think we can tell everybody thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Of course, if you have any comments, any feedback, 
course, go ahead and feel free to leave them on the, the post from this podcast, on the uh, whether it be on the Facebook page, on the Podbean page, wherever you want. Um, of course, share it. If you could share it, if you can make sure you kind of like it and interact with it, those kind of things help in all of the algorithms all over the place. Um, fortunately, with the way this one's being done, when you hear it now and you're doing it, it's not going to poo-poo us. But if I talk about sharing, liking, any of that stuff on a Facebook live stream, it completely dickers the algorithm. It's it's absurd, but any help you guys can help us with getting it out there again. Of course, I took a long, long break of not doing it, so that hasn't helped any. Uh, but we're here. We're back in the studios. We're going to be bringing you more shows. Um, of course, I'm going to slowly but surely drag Yeti into my little bit of indoor carpet off-road racing BS that I do. And somehow or another, I'm going to finagle figuring out how to get him down here for one of the races and bring him over there. Um, and, and just... I'll 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 give him a car to race. I I wanna I would love to you know have him experience that. Um, race. Well, hey man. <laughs> I'll wait. I still got my old B5M. That thing's damn near. That oh, thing is Yeti proof. That would be. That thing is Yeti proof. So I have zero issues saying here, man. Let her eat. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Of course, again, I was I'm your host Matt Housen. That's the co-host of the year, Yeti B, and we're the NBM podcast. And we'll talk to you later. Peace.
Talk a shit, but you know we'll never bother It goes in one ear 